0: Hi there, this is the Rev. Michael Lowry, Pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It is truly amazing to me just how much the voice of God can be heard in every surprising feeling that tugs at our heart. But the thing is, first, we need to be listening for that voice. That's the subject of today's message, which is entitled, Are You Listening? and is based on the story of Samuel and Old Eli that's found in 1st Samuel chapter 3, the verses numbered 1 through 20. And we begin this message with some thoughts on the act and attitude of listening. Well, the story goes that there were two men at a local diner one day talking over some breakfast and a cup of coffee. And the first man says, You know, I'm concerned about my wife. She's talking to herself a lot these days. And the second man thought about this for a long moment, and he replies, Yep, my wife does that too, but she doesn't know it. She thinks I'm listening. Listening, it can easily be said, is one of the most important tools for a marriage or any relationship, and conversely, the lack of listening can be its greatest detriment. As a pastor, I can tell you that I talk to people all the time, couples, parents and children, family members, friends, even the occasional church committee, for whom this holds very, very true. And as a husband and father, I can vouch, uh, sadly, uh, for the fact that the vast majority of any conflict in our home can be traced back to a slight lack of listening skills, and I'll leave to your imagination who that involves. Uh, Listening, you see, does not always come naturally to us, nor is it always easy. In fact, our dilemma is wonderfully expressed by the title character in Marjorie Kellogg's book, and subsequent 1970s era movie, Tell Me That You Love Me, Junie Moon. And in that book, there's a wonderful passage in which she declares to one of her closest friends, whose name was Arthur, the trouble with you, Arthur, is that you seldom listen to me, and when you do, you don't hear, and when you do hear, you hear wrong, and even when you hear right, you change it so fast that it's never the same. Ouch, does that sound familiar? I'm guessing it probably does. Because the sad truth is that this is precisely how a lot of us in these days listen to each other. But what's even worse, especially for those of us who are a people of faith, this is how a great many of us listen to God. I'll say it again. Listening is one of the most important tools for any relationship, and the lack of listening can be its greatest detriment. And this is especially true as regards our relationship with God. Let me put this to you another way. If God calls our name, how will we know it unless we're listening? How will we know what God is saying to us, or where God might be leading us. For that matter, how will we recognize that it's actually us that God is talking to? Or even what if what we're hearing is God at all, as opposed to, say, you know, some other overpowering voice in this world that demands our attention, and Lord knows there's a lot of those. How will we know any of this? unless we are truly and wholly listening. One thing is clear, friends. Listening, and this applies whether we're talking about our relationships with one another or whether we're talking about a relationship with God. Listening involves more than mere hearing. Listening is, in fact, an action that's all-encompassing. It's no accident that in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, the word for listen is also the word for obey, which means that to listen to God is to open one's whole life and self to God and to attend wholly to that which God is saying and calling. Now, we see this very, very clearly in the scripture reading this morning that I just shared, the story of God's call to Samuel, who was to become as a judge and a prophet one of israel's great leaders but at the point we pick up the story today samuel is still just a 12 year old boy and he's been sent by his mother hannah to live in the temple as a servant of god under the authority of an old and nearly blind priest by the name of eli now right from the outset this is the first thing in this passage that surprises us. We are told that the word of the Lord was rare in those days and that visions were not widespread. But what's also true is that in those days, Israel's leadership at the time was particularly corrupt in nature. For Israel, this was an era of moral ambiguity so societal degradation that actually happened from the top down, not unlike our own times, really, when a voice of true faith can easily be drowned out in the sheer cacophony of all the world's noise. So, yes, you can kind of understand how under such circumstances one might miss God's call, why it might seem as though the word of God was rare, Because when there's a hundred different voices clamoring for your attention, seeking your allegiance, it's hard to discern the one voice you're actually supposed to be listening for. Well, that's the situation in this passage. And, And actually, we need to know that Samuel actually did hear that one voice. It's just that Samuel mistakenly assumed it was Eli who was calling his name. Now, this happened three times. And each time Samuel arose from his bed to go to Eli to see what he needed, assuming that this old man needed something, Samuel had no idea, no idea at all, that this was the voice of God that was calling to him. In fact, at the end of three times of this, it's Eli who finally begins to realize that the Lord is calling the boy. Go back and lay down. Eli, says to Samuel. And if the voice calls again, you are to say, speak, God. I am your servant, and I'm ready to listen. And sure enough, it's when Samuel understands that it's God speaking to him. And then, of course, when he starts to really listen to what God is saying, that's when things start to happen. Did you catch the first thing that God says to Samuel? God says, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. (laughs) Tingle. Don't you love that? It's the perfect word for this. As author and UCC pastor Donna Schopper has written, this is the experience of, quote, hope kicking into high gear. It is forgiveness writ loud. It is feeling pins and needles all over your body because you are so excited over what God is about to do. In this case, what God is about to do essentially results in the fall of Eli's house and the rise of Samuel. It's not all together roses and sunshine that in the message that God delivers, but we are seeing a time of of change and transition and fulfillment. What we are seeing here is the beginning of a new life for Samuel as a messenger of God. And if the thing is, the thing we need to remember and take from this passage is that begins at the precise moment that Samuel stops to listen, truly listen. <clears throat> what this story reminds us is that ours is a God of intrusion. And by that, I mean that just when we've assumed that in times like these, when the word of the Lord does seem to be rare, when we reluctantly decide that religion really ought to be something best kept silent and settled, here comes God, right in the middle of it, quite literally bursting forth into our lives and living, bringing change and disruption and newness of life. Barbara Brown Taylor talks about this. She writes that God's language is not limited and God's word is not chained. We cannot, she continues, capture it in church, in time, in culture. We cannot even capture it between the covers of the Bible because if scripture is God's true and lively word, then it's going to be inventing new words all the time, percolating with the same creative energy that made heaven and earth. That's what we were talking about before, God's revelation to the world. Perhaps at the end of the day, it's why you and I are so often reluctant, or let's be honest, even afraid to listen. For in truth, if we were to really listen for the word of God, in the silence of our hearts, in the journey of our lives, even in the work of the church in these days, if we really did listen, we might just feel that tingle and well, that would just change everything for us and our world forever. Some years ago now, I attended a training seminar in Orlando, Florida, as part of the Stephen Ministry Program, which is, if you don't know, a wonderful and a very worthwhile ministry of Christian caregiving for laity. I was actually being trained back then as a Stephen leader, so that I could go back to my own congregation and equip the people of the church for a ministry of caregiving. It's actually something I wouldn't mind seeing happen here at East. Well, part of that training involved learning the mechanics of peer supervision, in which those trained as caregivers gather regularly to discuss their own experiences experiences in a nurturing and confidential manner, so to assure that the people that you're trying to help get the best care possible. Now, in that regard, we had been asked at this seminar the day before to come up with a case study of sorts to either make something up or if it was to be based on something out of real life, to take it out of the distant past and uh, change it around in a significant fashion, thus to protect confidentiality. And then it was set up that we would do these role plays as if we were actually meeting as Stephen ministers and that we were dealing with a caregiving situation before us. So, we're sitting around this table. There are eight of us in this table from all over the country and from across, as they say, the denominational spectrum. And through this process, we decide as a group to discuss in depth the situation of created by the one woman at our table, or one of the women at the table, whose care receiver, according to her case study, was an 18-year-old boy battling severe depression and now was rebounding from several unsuccessful attempts at suicide. And for the better part of that day, we spent a great deal of time talking with one another about this situation. We talked about how difficult a thing it can be to to to, be a caregiver to somebody in that particular situation. We spoke about how hard it is to have your heart not break when you see what they're going through, particularly when it's somebody so young. We talked about the necessity for boundaries, uh, about the need for faith and the power of prayer, and we talked about letting go of the situation emotionally and letting God carry the burden of it. I'll tell you, friends, I have never been a big one for role play as a way of learning. Frankly, it's always seemed a little bit too theater for me. But I have to confess that afterward I was struck by how very real this experience was and how much I learned in the process. Well... Anyway, when it was all done, we went on to something else. They tended to spread us around, so we got to know as many people as possible. So I really didn't see that woman again until the last night of our seminar in our closing service of worship together. After we had sung a closing hymn, as part of our benediction, we passed the peace of Christ to one another. And this is when this woman walks over to me. She gives me a big hug She looks me square in the eye and says simply, I just want to thank you. And of course, I'm kind of looking at her with this clueless look on my face because I don't know what she's thanking me for. But then she explains, you know the 18-year-old that I spoke to you about the other day? That was my son. And I know he's going to be all right now. But now for the first time in a long time, I know I'm going to be all right. And I just wanted to thank you for that. It's one of those moments I have never forgotten, mostly because, to be very honest, even all these years later, I'm not sure what I said to her that made that kind of a difference in her life. But I think maybe it wasn't what I said I think maybe it was because I listened, that all of us around that table listened. In that moment, you see, it didn't matter that in all actuality we were this group of random strangers who were from different places and different backgrounds. All that mattered is that when we really started to listen to what was being said in that place, we became kindred spirits in the Lord. And somehow, in that, God's remarkable, ear-tingling, life-changing word came through. And when that happened, things immediately started to change for the better. You know, this is something I've always believed very strongly, but it's also something I don't think I have said often enough, and especially in these days when we've all been scattered as a congregation. And it's this, it's that we're all ministers, you and me. Though I might have the REV period in front of my name, in this tradition, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. And what that means is that every one of us, every one of you, is called to the work of ministry and invited to its challenges and to its joy. It also means that we've been equipped and empowered by God so that we might do what God needs to have done. Who knows what form that will take in each of our lives. Maybe it'll be to speak the words of love and support that need to be said at a crucial moment. Maybe it'll be the opportunity before us, as the song goes, to teach our children well to nurture them in the Christian faith. Maybe it's to be caregiver of one sort or another. And maybe it's to stand up and work boldly towards a strong vision of the kingdom of God in this place and in these strange and difficult days. Or maybe it is simply to stop talking and start listening listening where you are and to whom is with you in that moment. Because trust me, friends, that's no small gift. But Whatever your ministry happens to be, however your ministry might unfold in the days to come, let me tell you, it does start with listening. There is no limit as to what God can do through you and through me. But it all begins as we tune out the noise and the chaos of life and its fear and its violence and the politics of the world around us. It begins when we start focusing our ears and our hearts on the sound of God's voice in the midst of it all. To listen to God's call, to hear God's plan, and to respond with lives of faithful service. God is calling us, beloved. God's calling you, and God calls me. I pray today that we will have the grace to answer, Here I am, Lord. Speak, for we, your servants, are listening. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, Are You Listening? It was recorded as part of our January the 17th online service of Worship at East Church. As always, I want you to know that you are cordially invited to join us live for these services. They happen each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock by logging on to Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. We'd love to have you be listening for God's Word right along with us. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.